Hello, and welcome to Emmaus Footnotes. This podcast offers uncomplicated guidance for following Jesus. Thanks for listening to our fifth and final episode in this series, Stability in the Time of COVID. We have enjoyed hearing from you. If you have questions or comments, please feel free to email me at melissa at emmauscommunity.org. Or if you are new to Emmaus Church Community and would like to know more, you can find us at emmauscommunity.org. If this is your first time joining us, thank you. You may want to listen to part one through four of this series for some crucial context. In today's episode, Pastor Nate discusses how place teaches us what we want. And I'm not talking about what we want for dinner. I'm talking about what we really want. Nate offers some insight here that is so helpful. And then finally, he'll be sharing with us how place can teach us what we should do. Thanks for listening. So one of the things that place can teach us is about what we need and don't need. Mm -hmm. But I do want to say and add pretty quickly, it's, it also teaches us what we want. Right. Um, and, and I think that we don't want to assign every desire to the ethical doghouse and sure. say it's, it's wrong to have passion or to, to want or to hope for certain things. I think there's a difference between kind of a frivolous and self-centered <laughs> consumerism that Benedict is super frustrated about yeah. with the gyro vegs. And this deep, true, resonant longing of our hearts, mm-hmm. right? What yeah. I want, like really what I long for. The question, what do you want, I think is the most important spiritual question. Yeah. What do you want? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, an author named Margaret Gunther, and she has a book called My Soul in Silence Waits. And the very first chapter is called Longing. And several years ago, I took the book to a... Um, cabin in Wisconsin where I was going to be for two weeks. And my plan was to work through the eight chapters of her book. Mm -hmm. It's like a personal reflection Mm -hmm. kind of book. She asks a lot of good questions. I never got past that first chapter. Mm -hmm. What do you want? She doesn't mean what do you want, like as in a this kind of dessert or a window seat in an airplane. Those are two of the examples that she gives about like, that's not what I mean. Right. I mean, what do you want as a synonym for what do you love? Mm -hmm. Like, what do you long for? And so she is inviting the reader to work through this relative clutter of all these other things that are part of their life because they're relatively affluent, all the stuff and all the options and all the things that are readily available to us in order to identify and to name what we truly desire, what we actually love enough that we'll prioritize and pursue. It's similar to the question I asked Sunday, which is what do you value enough to um, build some new structures around in the wake of a year which has just canceled out all the public structures? What's so important to you? What do you long for enough that you'll order your life in such a way as that you can continue to experience these things? I think these are questions that we just need to kind of sit with for a while. But place keeps my my answers honest. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I can get, I can get theoretical to a degree that's just completely, completely unrealistic. The place is going to kind of ground me to the, the real. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I read a quote, I get an email every day from mm -hmm. like Seth Godin. I don't know if you've, yeah, I love his books. Anyway, he's got some great stuff and he, 
was talking about how the best infrastructures are built before you need them. Mm. And I just read that one line. I didn't Mm. even read the rest of the email Mm. because I just, it captivated me. And thinking about COVID and this podcast and how we all came into COVID with whatever spiritual infrastructure, home infrastructure. And we've talked about this in terms of like, you talk about the lattice, you know, we need something to build on. Um, And so I think when COVID has revealed what's already there, um, but in looking forward, we have this opportunity as things hopefully sort of begin to open up to think about what we truly desire, like what you're saying, Mm -hmm. and what infrastructure do I need to build now Mm -hmm. in my life, that of stability, that of with my family, with my my walk with God, work, whatever, it could be in several areas, but what infrastructure do I need? And when you think about infrastructure, like I've lived in places that had horrible infrastructure. You know, your water's out for three weeks mm-hmm. and talk about getting cranky and being affected yeah, by being your place. Yeah, being affected by your place, yeah. <laughs> but, and then you come here, like my water never turns off, my mm-hmm. power never turns off, and mm-hmm. just that consistent, it's a beautiful thing. So those type of infrastructure questions uh, or des- desire questions right. inform that, what you need to build. So I was just kind of thinking about that. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of things that we can consider that help us discover what we really want. One of those things is place. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things, but right. one of those things is place. Whether it's a lot of time in that place that helps you realize what you want, or it's time away from that place. Like um, when I'm away from my family, it happens every time. Some of the things that when I'm home are like the little annoyances and the and the irritants are the things I actually miss. So like when I pay attention to this place where I like where I am, one of the things that it clarifies is what I want, what I what I truly want and love enough to prioritize. When I'm away from that place, sometimes that same discovery is made um, with greater clarity. But see, it's still the place that's teaching me that thing. Hmm. Like an example, this is just a super silly example, but well, maybe it's not. Maybe it's really powerful. Okay, so here it is. A couple of years ago, I spent a month in Italy, you know, at this monastery. Right. And <laughs> I'm missing Carmen like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, one of the things that my, Carmen has a lot of black hair, right? So I'm finding hair a lot of places in our house, right? Right. Um, I'm always <laughs> irritated by all the hair in the house. <laughs> we might have similar this problems might not in my work. house. <laughs> we, might have to, we might have to edit this out. Yeah, so I'm missing my wife. I'm in Italy. I don't know, like somehow by some magic of the washing machine woven into one of my t-shirts is this long black hair. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's like it, it, it kind of awakened me to yeah. the, what I really want Okay, the hair is an annoyance. That's just a silly thing. What I really want is a meaningful relationship with this one woman for the rest of my life. That's right. what I really want. Right. 
So it's a couple of steps away, but do you see how the place, right. both in a, in a way that kind of irritated me because it was just sort of like, ah, this, the restrictions of this place, mm-hmm. as well as the absence of that place, kind of awaken me to, um, to a, an element of what I really want. So we're, we're not trying to say that place teaches you everything. And the only thing you need sure. is place. What I'm trying to say is that we should pay attention to place and we should consider being very consistent in a place. Yeah. And it's not about the place. It's about what the place can do. Yeah. It's about, it's, it's about what the place means. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about how the place teaches and what it teaches. And so yeah. this last few minutes, we've been talking about how a place can actually teach you what you want, like right. what you love, mm-hmm. what's meaning, what's most important to you. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be alive to it, awake to it. Mm-hmm. There's such a huge trend toward mindfulness mm-hmm. culturally. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in the church, though we probably would say it differently most of the time, um, just being present being aware of God's presence, mm-hmm. being aware, being in the moment. Mm-hmm. We talk about that quite a bit around here. Yep. And I think that place is the container for that, just as you said, but right. we have to be awake to it. If we are on the distracted train, that takes us out of our place. Right. And right. Um, if we're turning on the TV all the time, if we're yeah. seeking more wisdom from another source all the time, all the time, all the time, this is... This is Abbot Moses's advice, right? right? Go to your cell, sit in your cell, mm-hmm. and your cell will teach you everything you need. Right? Um, yeah. That was before the internet. I, <laughs> right. <laughs> before the internet, I think part of what's attractive to me is that it is so primal and basic and element um, elemental. Mm-hmm. We can spend. I have friends that spend ten thousand dollars on experience weekends, you know, leadership consulting and stuff like that. I'm sure there are amazing experiences. I'm sure there's a ton to learn. Um, You know, there's conferences. There's just an unending river of conference opportunities. And I'm so glad, like what a, what a blessing that we have all these opportunities to learn and to, to develop. What's exciting to me is being able to know on a very fundamental level, that the most, the, like the deepest truths that a human can experience can be experienced in something as simple as just mm-hmm. a place. Mm-hmm. Like, what tools do I need for the spiritual life? Well, you need a place. Yeah. And, but only if you can be awakened, like you said, alert to the fact that the place is a teacher. Yeah. Um, and I just rarely get there because I'm judgmental and I come into a place and I, I treat it like a modern. Do I like it or not like it? Right. Rip up the carpet, change the color. Oh, let's ditch this place. Mm-hmm. That's a result of affluence, privilege of being able to make decisions of preference. Right. Um, so, okay. So let's acknowledge that, set it aside, and then say, what can I learn here? What power can this place have? Instead of asking, do I like it? Can I let it teach me what's real right. <laughs> about me? Right. Yeah. I can't help but think about the Hagia Sophia mm-hmm. in Turkey. Mm-hmm. Which is what? Which is um, 
a humongous basilica that was built around oh gosh it was like the second or third century okay it might have even been before then and then they rebuilt at some mm-hmm. point and then it had the most magnificent golden mosaics mm-hmm. of jesus you know the scenes of the bible mm-hmm. and then at some point around the ottoman empire it was taken over and turned into a mosque and the those mosaics that were made of gold were plastered over and put wow. with Islamic art. Okay. And then over time, the sun, whatever elements, um, revealed that there was something underneath these mosaics and these images of Jesus, because the gold was stronger than the plaster, mm-hmm. <laughs> started to burn through. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Talk about lessons from a place. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, over time they finally chipped them away and now it is like half of it's a mosque and half of it is mm-hmm. a church that yeah. is so old. I mean, from 300 AD, you know, you have these thick marble thresholds that are worn down mm-hmm. in certain places, you know, like five, six inches. From millions and, of steps of, yep. of feet. Yeah. And that place, uh, Gosh, talk about a teacher of a place. For sure. Um, yeah. Just to, as an example. But, no, that's good. Yeah. Let me just offer one more thought yeah. here. A fifth thing that place teaches me is what I should do. And again, there's a lot of factors that teach me what I should do, but one of them is place. It's the, In other words, it's the specific needs and specific resources and specific opportunities mm-hmm. of a place that can clarify um, my, my sense of purpose. I think probably every one of us, certainly I am, am like longing for a meaningful role in the world. Yeah. Um, I want my vocation to matter. I want what I do to make a difference. But all of that stays in the theoretical and the hypothetical unless it locks into an actual place. Mm-hmm. And I just remember distinctly the point, I remember where I was, I remember the weather, I don't remember the exact month, but I remember where I was in graduate school when I realized I simply could not write another paper about ministry. Mm. I just couldn't do it. Yeah, I, It was just like, I can't design another hypothetical strategy for mm-hmm. an imagined situation. I didn't want to, you know, I was tired of these assignments that were like, describe how you might respond in this scenario that includes the following factors. I was just like, no. I, I, and so I I said no to some ridiculous opportunities because I was just like, I have to get out of here. I have to go be in a real place and do real ministry. Yeah. Super grateful for my education. I feel like I pull on it all of the time. Super, super thankful for it. But I was so ready to move into an actual location. I mm-hmm. wanted to put it into practice in mm-hmm. real life, which means I needed to go there. I mm-hmm. needed to arrive at a place. And initially, that move from one place to another was totally shocking. I remember the first memory that I have um, from the city where we moved to from graduate school for our first role as pastors. Uh, We were gathering with several young couples. So visually, like the optics were very similar to graduate school, like a bunch of young couples hanging around. On the surface, it looked like the kind of place we'd been living for a, a long time. But instead of the familiar kind of college graduate school conversations like ideas and strategies mm-hmm, and relationships mm-hmm. and future plans and your position theory, on theory, this theory. yeah exactly yeah. all these guys talked about for an hour and a half was the Oakland Raiders <laughs> i mean <laughs> oh. 
That's it was it. And most of them were in construction, never attended college. These were beautiful people. We were blessed to share life with them. It was real life. But our purpose needed to be contextualized to that place, right? So in order for us to know what to do here, we needed to stay here for a little while, at least long enough to allow this place to become a teacher for us, to allow this place to, to tutor us. Because here in this specific place, this theory that we'd been learning for years in college would be tested against the limits and the opportunities and the pressures and the personalities of this unique real life place. Stuff that you quote, only know if you live here. Right. right? right. So in, in this sense, a place can reveal to us what it is that, that we're supposed to do. When my passion and my preparation finally collide with the specific details of this place, now my purpose is clarified. Mm. Say that right? one more time. When my passion and my preparation, like we've talked about what we long for, mm-hmm. what we need, when all of this, what, who I am, how I am shaped, um, how I'm affected by things, when all of that collides, plus on top of that, your education, your preparation, mm-hmm. when all of that collides with the specificity of a place, mm-hmm. right? now you get clarity about, oh, I have to do this, mm-hmm. right? It it's becomes clearer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can't get that kind of clarity if you stay in the classroom or if you never commit to a place. Mm-hmm. Right, because we're not talking. Yeah, we're, mm-hmm. we're not interested in quick fixes. Right, we're, we're we're talking about having a meaningful life. Right. So the way, so I'm trying to say that place is one of the things, finally in the end, which teaches us how to make a difference. Yeah, teaches us how to change things and how to do good. Uh, place helps us to know our purpose. Mm-hmm. So to be real specific, and like I'll just, I'm looking at you a real specific, like you've got all this training, all this experience, all this passion for people, passion for Jesus, Mm -hmm. that, that'll all just be hypothetical unless it makes a difference in your place. Now we're talking about three individuals, Mm -hmm. your two boys and your husband. Mm -hmm. We're talking about actual neighbors, right? right? We're talking about people but that's that's all kind of a a dynamic of the the actual place that yeah. you're in the limits of your place the opportunities of your place oh now it's real life right now it's not theory anymore right and conversely if you're in this kind of post or mid covid funk and you're just like oh my gosh what is the meaning of any of this i would say your place mhm your place is like pulsing with significance. If you could shift from thinking about the other side of the fence or last year or the future and look at this place where you are and allow this place to talk to you about your purpose, not just yeah. for this time, but for this place, mm-hmm. man. Wow. I mean, come on. Now, yeah. almost any place is meaningful. Right. If I allow that place to talk to me about what it what it's asking me to do, right? right? To put it kind of in a yeah. to personify it, it's so overlooked. It is so overlooked, and um, 
but it's a good, I think at the start of this year, it's such a good focus for us as we kind of build out the next season. In Luke chapter 6, Jesus gives us an amazing picture of stability. I read this a few weeks ago in episode 3, but I want to read it again as our meditation as we close because it is the perfect bridge between this series and the next. Take a breath as you listen to Jesus' words. I will show you what it is like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against the house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. You know, friends, it is so rare in scripture when we are given such formulaic instruction. And in this case, Jesus invites us to simply listen and obey his teachings. When we do so, we become like a house built on a solid foundation. Listen and obey. Listen and obey. So for our next series, we're going to look at the core teachings of Jesus, the instruction they offer us, and how we can heed wisdom and obey. Thanks for listening. May you delight in God's word. May your roots be firmly planted in Him, and may your life bear fruit. We'll see you next week.